This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media and hosted by Matty Ice. Uh, Mike stopped by a little bit ago to talk about our dads, and we're going to get back into some really fun stuff. Uh, I'm happy to have Mike back in the studio. So, Mike, welcome back. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, and we're on a little bit of a bender, a little bit of a heater right now. We just did some stuff for some other podcasting stuff, so we're we're ready to go. Uh, my beer is over. What about yours? It's, uh, it's empty. Okay, so we're both empty, uh, which is perfect because we want to talk about Loki. So Marvel has continued to drop content on us. And we had to wait a little bit longer between content this time. But we talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier in long form last time. And I thought it was a lot of fun. So I want to get into some short form stuff with you on Loki. Are you uh, excited? Oh, most definitely. So this is my overall opinion just in general. We're going to talk about episode one today. But just my overall opinion in general. I'm absolutely astounded how they've been able to give us three different Marvel content vehicles and present us three different ways of in making a television show basically like yeah one division was essentially a nod to all sitcoms uh falcon and winter soldier was basically like your 24 or some type of a like government espionage procedural type of a thing and i feel like with loki what we're getting is a cop drama yeah in right a way, yeah. right yes I, I would i would say cop dramedy yes yeah. but you know what i'm talking about though and i found myself once episode one started to get going and uh you you they, they did a lot of uh foundation work sure in episode one which made sense you kind of got to go back to uh end game a little bit yeah. which was interesting yeah and the way that they got you to where loki's fate is going to go was fun um but i i watched it and i thought you know this is a lot of um exposition at first they're trying to sort of lay the groundwork for what's to come but uh personally i thought going so far back to endgame showing us the old loki that we all remember and then immediately when tom hiddleston's character came up i was like this is a different it felt different right immediately it, it was the loki before he came around in ragnarok and before he came around you know it was yes. it was the loki who was still you know all about world domination and being in charge yes yeah. and um, they didn't... But, but the same, it's the same Loki. Oh, it is the same and Loki. And they get to that, I think, eventually, and you realize that Loki is Loki. Yes. And so you still saw the parts of that character that I think most people love about Loki mm -hmm. were all there. Yeah, I agree. It was, uh, it's hard to describe, but like as soon as Loki showed up, familiar, but new right? at the same time. And who knows if it's because the last time we saw Loki, spoiler alert, although not really because you should watch Endgame uh, or Infinity War, but Loki died. For right. all intents and purposes, we saw this happen, and we yep. know that the Infinity Stones, or the, you know, yeah, the, uh, the right, is that what they're called? The Infinity Stones yep. or whatever? Yeah. They can do many things, and we know about timelines, but they brought the timeline idea, like, right in your face yes. in this one, in a way that I felt like it was very, very clearly obvious that the multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange is going to be directly affected by what happens in this show. Yeah, I can't imagine it's not. There's no way around it, no. right? Like, completely no way. But Oh, no, yeah, that lead-in where she talks about how the timekeepers and the TVA, 
keep the, the the timeline in check and if it gets out of control then you have you, we could have another as she called it a multiversal war or something and you're like yes. oh geez that sounds like <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like a, maybe they're uh, uh what's the word foreshadowing a bit <laughs> uh, yeah i agree but there were some things that stood out and this is my overall opinion about the episode and just the way that marvel has presented stuff to us is i feel like they have done a great job in this television presenting basically a full-fledged feature film right mm -hmm. with high production values we talked about that they're able to give you social commentary in a way that feels it's not preachy like right and in the first episode when he had to sign the waiver of everything he's ever said <laughs> yeah. i thought oh that has to be about how we're going back in everybody's past and saying like well see you said this this one day uh, 12 years ago yeah. and i love when he's like what are you talking about and then a new printout comes out he's like oh you got to include this too yeah. <laughs> and i just laughed but Im it immediately struck in my mind when the bureaucracy of that but also to me it felt like it was a direct commentary on it i don't know if you picked up on that or no, not. yeah i could see that yeah i just loved it and i also thought it was great when he is forced to take a ticket when he's like, we're the only ones here. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, everybody's been there, right? Like at yeah. the deli or somewhere. And it's like, take a ticket. I, I couldn't be, there couldn't be any less people besides me here. And no, no, we have to stick to procedure. We have to stick to the bureaucratic right, red the bureaucracy tape. of the TVA. <laughs> I agree. And yeah. Loki is not about bureaucracy no. <laughs> at all. And so he's just completely befuddled by this. Yeah. But then the comedy of him seeing the guy evaporate yeah. because he doesn't have a ticket and then he's like i don't i don't know where my ticket is yeah. and we've all been there too but you're like I, I don't know where it is where's my boarding pass like i can't get on the plane without my boarding pass and right. what happens if my whole family gets on you know it's like i thought that was awesome but um i just think that they they introduced the show in a very very good manner um but we talked earlier about the fact that Owen Wilson, I think, was going to be in this. Yep. And we had questions mm -hmm. about his casting because up until now, they have pretty much nailed every casting choice that they could have made yeah. in every episode of WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier at this point. Yeah. And I think we were justified in our fears because Owen Wilson has played a very specific type of character his whole time. Yeah. But yet, I feel like he is still playing that character. But also, there's a seriousness that you can believe coming yeah. out of him as well, uh, and I feel like he's doing a great job. Oh, he's amazing! Yeah, it. it's uh, yeah. He, I don't know if Marvel's character building world just gets its out of actors, or if they just are really careful about picking actors that fit the character that they they write, or yeah. or what. But yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like. Uh, I don't know who this character is. I never. I don't know if he exists nope. in the comics at all. But the character that's there is instantly likable mm -hmm. and believable and fits the story really, really well and plays a perfect kind of counter to the Loki character, you know, well, in that buddy cop drama thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was about to say is that whenever we have these cop dramas or whatever, there's always like, he's not the straight man per se, but he's like a comedic version of the straight man, so right. to speak. And you always get that where you get like the one cop who's not playing by all the rules but right. he's not breaking rules per se. And you kind of get that vibe because right. him wanting to bring back a variant on the timeline, which is Loki, uh, is against protocol. Right. Generally speaking, they get rid of those variants, which I find interesting. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it until just now, how it's like 
here's this timeline and i have thoughts on episodes later when they talk a little bit more in depth about the timekeepers in the right. timeline but uh in in when watching this first episode i thought man this is a very strict way of living yes where it's like oh here's this one vein it's like the aorta of life of you can only think this way yes yes exactly and what do we do with variants well we eradicate them right. we have to get rid of them because we have to stick to this one way of thinking this one way of living and it's also a commentary on Falcon and Winter Soldier, which you said, well, if they don't want to have borders, whose way is going to be the way? Right. And the TVA very clearly feels that their way is the way. Right. To the point that Loki tries to escape and finds the Infinity Stones in a rando drawer. And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, we use those as paperweights Paper around here. <laughs> and he's immediately like just deflated. Yeah. Because his goal has always been to basically be Thanos almost and to take yeah. over everything and be the king of everything. And Mobius basically lets him know that, no, your destiny has always been this. It's always this. And Loki has a hard time dealing with that. Yeah, I think anyone would have a hard time dealing with the idea that yeah. like your your future is, is written. And that no matter what you do, it, it's supposed to go one way and one way only. I think there's, there's you know, yeah. the idea of fate, but like beyond just fate, right? Just beyond like the idea that things, some things are supposed to happen in life and there's a bunch of stuff you can do in between. But the idea that, no, there is only one way that things are allowed to go. Oh, yeah. And I, I have to admit, uh, and I have more in-depth thoughts about this for episode two, but I find the religious nature of the TVA's beliefs in this this TVA sort of, you know, like yeah. the, the timekeepers and so forth to where it's like they're a judicial system, but a judicial system that is backed on like an idolatry sort of ideal. Right. Right. And because really like the judge is a judge. Like when we look at that, right. we're like, oh, okay, this is a judge who is essentially like, you know, being the, not the ex, yeah, the ju judge and executioner essentially. Right. But yet when they have their interaction between Mobius and the judge, they're, She's trying to keep to whatever the time, you know, she's very much married to the ideal of the yeah. timekeepers where he's trying to also do that. But his deviation is not seen as a good thing. Right. Because they don't take deviation well in any it, way. You know, it, it almost reminds me of if you go back and you, you watch a, anything on like, you know, like Soviet Russia, right? Mm -hmm. in, the, in a communist type state, we have like the Politburo and you have like the party says, this is the way, this is how everything goes. Everything must be this way. And you have the levels of bureaucracy that keep that way in place and that you just can't deviate from. It. If you deviate from it, like you're, you know, there's the level of bureaucracy above you will prevent you from doing so, even if all to the ultimate level. Of, you know, it's almost the contrary in that kind of like excessive amount of what you call it, authority. Yeah. The, the ultra authority. And, you know, initially you're like, oh, that makes sense. They so keep everything in, in order. That's good. That's good. And then, like, as you kind of watch it, you're like, wait a minute. Who says that the order is right? Yeah. You know, it's the same type of thing, right? Like, a, I'm sure a communist society feels ordered and oh, you absolutely. can only do certain things and they tell you exactly what you can do. And that's maybe easy in a way. But, I mean, there's no free will there. Isn't that the that's way? That's the thing about it that makes me wonder. It's like, wait a minute. You tell me there's no free will? Isn't that the way that all isms kind of work anyway? Where right. it's like, hey, this is how this is supposed to work. As long as you do X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. all of us will be good. But we're looking at the fact that not everybody's eating from the same table here. Right. The TVA is very clearly eating from a different table. And I find their yeah. staunch belief in the fact that their way is the only right way yeah. to be endearing in a way, but also problematic. 
Right. Because it doesn't work like that in real life where Loki is the god of mischief. In his mind, yeah. there's infinite possibilities as to how this can go. Right. And as long as he comes out on top, everything's good. Right. Right? And he doesn't care about how this works. But it's interesting, too, because Endgame spent much of its time trying to alter and fix a timeline. Right. But what we don't know is how much of a branch off that was from the actual, actual timeline. Right. Because remember, the Avengers get brought up. Yeah, they tell you what they're supposed to do is supposed to happen. Yes. And so it's like, well, how do they decide that? Yeah. How do they decide which variations are good and which ones aren't? Because technically, by definition, all of the Avengers were not variants because everything was supposed to happen there. But Loki deviated in a way that seemed to be arbitrarily deemed incorrect. Right. I just, I don't know. Like, I was very taken by that. I think it's very interesting. I think it's what, you know, it's funny that I think they bring it up, and I don't know if people really can tie it to like sometimes people's desire to just be told what to do all the time and you know not i just want someone to tell me what but then they kind of until they're told what to do and all of a sudden it conflicts with what they really want to do and that's when they go well crap wait a minute why Mm -hmm. did i give this power to somebody to tell me what to do why does this person have the power and i don't have the power i just love how flabbergasted he is by the absolutism that exists in the tva when you're right because for him it's like he he thrives on chaos yes and the tva is the absolute antithesis and the tv and the tva is like oh chaos doesn't exist yeah chaos doesn't exist it's not supposed to exist we eradicate yeah we took care of that yeah we fixed the glitch Yes, <laughs> you know? and it'll work itself out naturally. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, Office Space reference for those young people listening who've never watched that movie, watch it. Yeah, um, definitely watch Mike it. Judge, watch him. All of it. Silicon Valley. Everything Mike Judge it. makes. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> off topic. But uh, I just loved, and then he asks the question, is this the greatest power in the universe? Because what he knows is the greatest power in the universe are what the Infinity Stones, right? right. Being on top. And it turns out, and Mobius asks him this, what are you trying to rule exactly? Right. And then he has this realization that, oh, nothing. Yeah. Because he sees his death. Yeah. So that part, I I actually felt a tinge of sympathy for him. Absolutely. Because imagine anybody listening, if you got to see your death manifest itself in a way. And also, this is in a part of the episode where he was told, this is the way. Not yeah. to quote a... Uh, you know, rival franchise here, but uh, yeah, they're both owned by Disney. Yeah, that's true. Uh, everything's owned <laughs> by Disney and Bezos on everything. That's uh, right. <laughs> and uh, I feel like he knows now that his fate is inevitable, but yet he still doesn't want to totally buy into that because right. Loki is all about free will. Yes, there's really no gray area when it comes to that for him. He right. is all about free will. There's no absolutism in his life as long. Well, okay, there's absolutism in him saying this is the ends to my these are the means that i want to get to right yeah he, he describes himself as a hedonist yep he says he's an ultimate hedonist right he does whatever pleases him yes and he's done that and it's like straight to his character but i thought there was an interesting vulnerability to him i do too i love the way they kind of captured that vulnerability and they had mobius and him kind of break it down to like who is loki you know, and they talked about his kind of like, uh, you know, what is what is the real Loki underneath the facade? Which is a Which question is that awesome. they asked, I think, in all three episodes. Yeah. In a different way. Yeah. And the, the, the series thus far has spent a lot of time convincing us what is a Loki. And they're getting more and more in-depth as the series has gone on. Yeah. And not in episode one, but uh, that was those are some things that I picked up on. Um, I believe the reveal at the end of episode one was that they were chasing a variant who was also a Loki. Yes. Which immediately 
you think to yourself, well, that kind of makes sense because in let's let's go back to the the end game world. Yeah, there were alternate timelines, right? Alternate versions of every character essentially, and we saw that manifest itself as they were trying to uh, alter and then fix the timeline, right? And so, of course, there'd be another Loki. That makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah, they told us there's an infinite multiverse, right? Yes. Well, and that's one thing I don't understand is how is there infinite multiverses and yet there's only one timeline? Like, how does the yeah. TVA do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? Because the TVA... That's what they're doing, right? In theory, they're trying to pull all the multiverses to doing the same thing, running in parallel to each other. I mean... <laughs> What, what kind of a job is that? Not to mention the fact that they're one of those organizations which you never see the bosses because we have no idea who the timekeepers yeah, well, are. Just, I think he calls them three lizards or yeah, something like that. Just think of it, though. Like, if you almost think of it, it's a similar type level of... If that is... If maybe this timekeeper thing is related to the big bad of, of phase four or yeah. five, right? Um, it's a similar type idea that you know Thanos had. Thanos' idea was, I need to control the universe because I need to protect it from itself because... Yeah. Uh, it's just out of control and the only way to do that is if I just kill half these people if I destroy half of them the rest of them will just be happy yeah. oh no they're not even that I'm just going to destroy everything and I'll start over and then they will know nothing but happy I'm going to fix it because I know better than typical, the multitude typical villain stuff right. typical uh, dictator type, stuff right the same type thing like in theory if this person who's running the timeline no the timeline is right and all these ones that are branching off like that's wrong, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of that. I'm gonna get rid of that. And I don't care how many I get rid of; it's not allowed to exist. It doesn't shouldn't exist. Trust me, I'm doing this for your benefit. They also do it in a physical way, where they have those yeah. bombs that essentially eradicate yeah. everything about the incident that just happened and the timeline that yes branched off. Yes, interesting. Like, it never. What does happened. that mean? Does it go away? What does it do? I don't know. Good question. That yeah, and I I thought that there was something ominous about the finality of that move yes to me there was and it comes up a little bit later too about how the loki variant is killing specifically tva agents or tva or whatever they timekeepers yeah. whatever they're called they're they're like the grunt uh you know the beat cops essentially the way yeah. that i see it I, um which is a fact that you're like huh okay that's interesting they did a good job of like introducing the tva and you being like oh this is relatively benign until like kind of as time goes on and you start thinking about what they do and you start seeing what they do, yeah. There's a there's a bit of that like ominous foreshadowing in there. that's going, wait a minute, this feels wrong, maybe. Yes. And, <laughs> and Mobius himself feels like a variation within their like he's almost a variant of what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Like he doesn't quite fit the mold. He's not quite there. He's like a glitch in the matrix right. where he is in the matrix. But he's also not like yeah. he's he's hip to the fact that there is something else, uh, because I think it's in episode two or maybe an episode one where he talks about the jet ski. I think it's episode two. OK, the jet ski. we'll yeah. get to that then. But either yeah. way, he has a he has an awareness to everything that's happened in the timeline, every era, mm. everything. And you think, OK, like he knows something, but it, you don't get that sense from these from like the the, the timekeeper people because they're right. very much about the mission at hand. Yeah, it is interesting, right? And it's also interesting too, like the the concept behind, like you have the people that wear like the the uniforms and they go into these places. Mm -hmm. Then you have Mobius who wears a suit. He looks Who's more like a detective. More like a detective, right? You know, it's like why is Mobius different? But he acts different than all of them too. He's less monotonous and less, you know, yeah. autom autom automatic with his actions. How much do you buy into the idea that the the sh presentation of the show is dark on purpose? Like, I feel like that is 
intentionally dark and ominous because it's leading to something that's dark and ominous. Yeah, I could see them doing that. That would not surprise me. They're, not... very, they're very clever with lighting and all those things to, to invoke certain, you know, foreshadowing to invoke, invoke emotion. Like, mm-hmm. they're very good about that. Like, they pay attention to that, which is, you know, it's a, it's a known, you know, filmography type, cinematography type yep. thing. But, like, it's not lost on the Marvel Universe It's just something that stood out to me that the TVA itself is dimly lit. And also, by the way, looks like a retro, like, 1950s and 60s. Yeah, I was thinking, like, 1960s, 1970s style, like, Mm -hmm. you know, location, yeah. Kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, well, why does it look like that? Yeah, weird. It's a very, yeah, exactly. And yet, there's the timekeepers themselves, which we know nothing about outside of the fact that that awesome, uh, uh, whatever like public service announcement that was going on yeah. it was almost like you're in line for a ride and they're giving you the uh, backstory up until <laughs> yeah. then you know yeah. with like animated characters minutes. <laughs> yeah exactly and they talk about it in a way that's almost like it's very chipper right um it's very uh i don't even know how to describe it but i thought that the look of the show was commensurate of that and i also thought it was also supposed to represent how loki is like Loki's got a lot of darkness. Yeah. Very conflicted. Right. The show is not about the light. It's about really like the variants are the darkness, really. Right. And Falcon and Winter Soldier was bright, vibrant, uh, beautiful looking, right? Like right. you were I feel like I'm watching this and it's like everything just feels like it's in a dungeon. Yeah. Which it is does. what the TVA is because they essentially send him down and he lands there and yeah. i just love how he go- i just know the whole bureaucracy of it made me laugh oh yeah dude that's and one of the best parts about this it absolutely the funniness is. of the bureaucracy of, of the tva is hilarious so as far as first episodes go i feel like it did a great job of capturing the mystery of what we're looking at mm-hmm. um but it also it kind of like refamiliarized yourself with loki and why he was actually one of the more compelling characters in the uh first but three phases or whatever yeah. it is of the MCU. Yeah. Like there really wasn't a lot of compelling characters in the MCU because yeah. they all were, you're waiting for them to get to the last movie. But right. Loki did because Loki was the one who seemed like he was the most personable. Like he wasn't yeah. always about the mission and you could kind yeah. of be like, hey, he's a rebel get yeah. behind that. Yeah. But he's not allowed to be a rebel here. And right. now they're recruiting him to basically find himself. And you have to think he's the God of mischief. He has to have some scheme that he's looking to, um, unfold that is going to i i feel like what's going to happen is he's going to have a without for lack of a better term come to jesus moment in some fashion where he realizes that he's not all about domination and he wants to help but he might also discover that this tva thing is a bunch of crap yeah i think so too i i I can see that happening and i think that's kind of like my my impressions of the show like coming in is like it's different than falcon winter soldier yeah it's meant to be um, there's parts of that that I enjoy. They've gone, they've kind of showing you all the different parts of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Mm-hmm. There's the action spy movie parts. There's the fantastic space stuff. There's the magic arts stuff. Yeah. And um, the fun part about this one is I, I think I kind of enjoy this because it's just so detached from reality in a way oh yeah but it's just kind of fun to watch yeah and it's got the mystery thing of it again where you're kind of this mystery of what's going on and yes it's kind of building itself apart as you kind of go through it on what, what's going to happen on this whole thing where's this going and it's different than wandavision where we were trying to process what in the hell we were watching in the first two episodes <laughs> right because 
we hadn't like now seeing it i thought oh i know they're trying to go for like the the cop dramedy the buddy cop sort of a thing yeah. why because i've now been conditioned to know that they're trying to do things cinematically with these products that are different wandavision right. we had no clue is the first foray into uh episodic television for marvel yeah. with this you know new paradigm and we were like it wasn't bad i just don't know what it is yeah. and then in episode three you're like oh okay and then you kind of saw the vision yeah. falcon and winter soldier you very much saw the vision there it was much more straightforward yeah. right? and this one you kind of were like all right what am i going to see yeah. and i think it's uh, it speaks to the fact that they have a plan that they're able to do it seamlessly to where like your dad for instance who can be a critic of you know television and so forth in in movies like he didn't like uh, the Christian Bale Batman movies, right? But he loves the Marvel stuff. So, mm -hmm. like, he doesn't like everything across the board where he's enjoyed all of it. Yeah, every bit of it. So, I think it says kudos to Marvel for, you know, basically being able yeah. to do that. But uh, anything else from the first episode? No, I think that's uh, that's kind of some sums up my views on it. It's uh... Cool. Well, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to more episodes. And uh, I kind of lost my voice there in the middle of it. And uh, so, I kind of sound like I've swallowed a frog in some way. So, that's a good place to end it. But... I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, for all the Matty S Media fans, check out our website. All the other podcasts. Mike and I are going to break down all the episodes of Loki. And then we're going to get into some global Marvel talk. Because I think by the time uh, we finish Loki, we can do Black Widow. Yeah. I don't even know if we'll go see it in theaters. But uh, yeah, maybe we will. It could be on Disney+. Plus, and I probably would be okay paying for it. But yeah, it'd either be way. Should be good. So we got a lot going on. Uh, but I appreciate you stopping by the studio again. And Look forward to having you, so. Always happy to be here. All right. Hope everybody's safe. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Sofully Casual is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media.